0: Overnight, childhood ended for the girls, and the business of survival began. The early demise of their parents changed forever the course of my mother's career, for she now became mother as well as sister to Aunt Joan, assuming the role of full-time caretaker and thus cementing what had always been present, their larger-than-life sibling rivalry and a total dependency on each other. They moved from Mr. Mortimer's house and took a bed-sitting room to be closer to Great Granny Ward, who provided them with lunch, ensuring they had one good meal a day. Finding the room was comparatively easy, until they mentioned they would be bringing a piano and a set of drums. It was only after a great deal of cajoling and the promise that Mum would teach the daughter of the house to play the piano that they finally got the room. All they needed now was some money. They calculated their assets and decided they couldn't sell the piano, but what should they do about the drums? My mother said, right, Joan, it's obvious you must learn to play them. You watch dad often enough, so let's give it a try. They launched themselves on the local women's institute. The sight of a skinny 15-year-old girl clad in pink velvet, black stockings, With long red hair secured by a white ribbon a la Alice in Wonderland and playing the drums was apparently too tantalizing and people closed in staring curiously. When my aunt complained about this, my mother said, play louder, bang everything you've got. And it worked. The money started to roll in. The girls began to play a number of highly improbable gigs, From genteel afternoon and evening parties to a rather risque nightclub in a once venerable old mansion called Mount Felix. When eventually one of the flats in this building fell vacant, they were able to rent it. It soon became apparent that most of the turnover for the club was acquired by providing drinks after hours. And one Saturday night, the place was raided and they were all driven off to the police station in the local Black Mariah, the police van. Aunt was still attending school, and when the kindly headmistress learned the girls were trying to survive on their own, she arranged a scholarship for Aunt. Other employments included a stint in the chapel of a local convalescent home, where Mum played the harmonium and Aunt worked the bellows. Mum often exhorting Auntie to pump harder. They often laughed at the contrast between their pious pursuits at the beginning of the day and their sleazy nightclub occupations in the evenings. A dear friend once described them to me. You cannot imagine the impact those two girls had on the sleepy villages of Walton and Hersham. They were a sensation. They had a strange northern dialect. They were marvelously attractive, vital, self-confident, with this wonderful red hair, and each brilliant in her field. One of their employers suggested that my aunt should be taught to dance properly, and kindly offered a letter of introduction to a good school in Wimbledon. Somehow my mother got my aunt to the audition where she was asked what she could do. Well, I actually don't do anything special, Joan replied. I express what the music seems to be saying. Then we'd better have some music, hadn't we, the auditioner suggested, and commissioned my mother to play. It was decided that though aunt was very late starting, especially for ballet, she had ability and could make a good all-rounder. Terms were discussed, and in exchange for arriving at 10.30am to tidy up the studio, dust and plump the cushions, attend to the cleanliness of the cloakrooms, wash up, serve tea to guests in the afternoons between classes, and be a general dog's body, aunt received her tuition doing so well that after a few weeks she was dispatched to Balham in South London to teach a tap class on behalf of the school. Mum was also to play for two afternoons a week. The year before their father had died, the girls had come to the attention of two decent young men. One, Edward Charles Ted Wells, my father. The other, Arthur Cecil Bill Wilby, later to be Joan's husband. My dad was two years older than my mum, which would have made them just 19 and 17 when they first met. After the girls were orphaned, the lads pitched in to provide them with a fish and chips supper twice a week with Lion's French cream sandwiches for afters, often explaining that they'd bought too much food and needed someone to share it with.